This is our third edition of the Digital Drop-Ins. Um, what a, what, thank you very much for joining us, all the participants. This is an opportunity where um, it's, a, it's an open forum for all participants to ask any questions that they might have around anything um, digital related. We've got um, paid search, we've got analytics, we've got creatives, we've got content, we've got SEO, we've got traditional media, and we'll just we'll try to get through all the questions we can, um, as well as the, the two or three topics that we want to probably just steer the conversation with today. So over the past, um, so, so last week we did one of these Tuesday, Thursday, and um, there was a lot of talk around how um, people who were in a struggling sector or, or, or businesses that had possibly had a downturn and were maybe having to make um, adaptions to the marketing, figure out how they could reinvest budget or redistribute, redistribute budget, easy for me to say, um, a little bit smarter. Um, and, and there was a lot of focus around that. And I think that was, that, was, that was great. A lot of people got a lot of value. I think what we've been asked and we've seen from quite a few clients this week and, what, and a few questions that came through, however, have been around the other side of the coin of actually there's a lot of sectors and a lot of businesses who are seeing a, a huge uptick and a huge surge in demand for their services. And it's a little bit taboo with, with all the kind of distress and the, and the suffering that's going on at the minute. But these people need support as well. And I think what we'd like to do just to, to kick off the first point is really just to think about how can these businesses who are seeing a surge in demand maximize this opportunity um, because it, it won't be forever. Um, and, you know, it is an opportunity they'll have to look at and, and, and make the most of while they can. So I think it's it's looking at the flip side sort of as we, as we kick off. And I think some of the things that have, have driven our thought process around this, you know, and, and all the panelists, again, probably Ben and, and Paul and Dan, probably directly to you guys around what kind of things can businesses who are seeing an uptick in their services do to, to maximize that? You know, this week we've seen stats from things like Facebook, um, cost per clicks and advertising is 50% cheaper than what it was six months ago. You know, that effectively means you can buy twice as much bang for your buck. You know, there was a, a Google study that came out this week and they released some data to us, which said that um, cost per clicks were down 30% on average across, you know, key sectors. And actually click-through rates were up 30% in those same sectors, things like finance, um, legal, you know, people attending to financial matters, people sorting out, you know, um, legal matters, you know, wills, things like this. You know, a lot of law firms are seeing huge spikes and surges in these kinds of demands. What kind of areas can can the businesses be taking advantage of, guys? Ben, do you want to talk about sort of some of the targeting and, and, and the capabilities of Google Ads and, and Facebook if someone was going to target people in that area? Yeah, I think there's there's so many different options available right now. And I think something that you, you touched on, Brett, which was the, the CPCs decreasing is just, you know, it, it just screams opportunity right now. I think, you know, there, there's still a lot of demand um, right now and kind of links to one of the questions that, that we've got that we'll come on to in a little bit. But yeah, as, as far as audience and targeting goes, you know, there are so many people who are spending so much more time online right now that, you know, using every single segment that you can is is really useful. You know, um, something that, that we've been testing and we've seen is quite successful is using something very simple, but um, something within Google called in-market audiences. So what are people in the market for right now? What are they, what are they looking for? Now, with the, the change that we've had over the past few weeks, those audiences have shifted quite dramatically. You know, some of the 
some of the sectors that were that were booming previously are, are not working anymore. You know, there's people in the early kind of research phase, but they're not really interested in buying those products until until after this is kind of finished and done. And, you know, there's, there's certain products which are booming. I mean, I saw a stat yesterday, um, and I know this from personal experience, that it's virtually impossible to buy a bread maker because everyone wants to stay at home and make their own bread because you can't go to Tesco and buy a loaf anymore. So, you know, I, I actually tried to get my, my mum on for her birthday, impossible can't get one anywhere because everyone is looking for a bread maker so you know there are certain um there are certain products and certain industries that are just absolutely booming right now so having a look at things like your your in-market data over the past seven days if you if you have that in place it's going to be really essential to to kind of maximize on what we've got right now and i think um i think you know carrying on that point as well the you know, we were, we, were, we were talking about finance and, um, you know, clearly people have got time on their hands with the data showing that um, the sectors like financial services, legal, which are uh, really increasing in interest and, um, and also, um, you know, actually incre- increasing in engagement as well. Um, I think that, you know, there's, there's probably people feeling cautious about some of the products and, you know, these, you know, it's difficult times and, and people still feel that they have to be sensitive. But I, th- I think it's really important for, for those kind of business services to realise that, that pe- people are really hungry for information and it's almost your obligation to be able to play it back to them and, and, give, and give people what they need. So even if we're into getting into territories like um, people want to know about wills, I mean, you know, you're a lawyer you're a solicitor tell people help them um there may be opportunities to explore how you do it a little bit differently during this time i mean you might want to set up a a format like this where you could do a drop-in with people so people can actually ask questions and ask some of the difficult questions and uh and actually you know you you may you may find that you you know you your, your business does better as a result of this so don't don't feel bad that you're capitalising on an increase in interest in the market. Um, it, you're you're being really helpful and uh, you're, you're supplying services that people really want. Uh, just think about maybe different ways of uh, engaging with people and uh, and uh, you know people have got time, so why not talk to them more? You also don't have to look like you're advertising directly to them. You can use a much softer approach, uh, particularly in terms of offline and to things like advertorials and editorially led content and features so people don't necessarily have to feel like it's a hard sell that it's an advert you know it can be informative and it can be um built out of fact um and you can actually look um like you're supporting people and like you're giving them what they need in a in a subtle uh, careful sensitive way with things like a, a editorial editorially led content Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I think there's, there's sorry Dan there's, there's a specific kind of free piece of software that comes to mind for me which is um, a, a website called alsoasked.com. Um, if you go to this website and you put in your product, your service, and literally hit run, it will pu- pull back and scrape all the top questions that people are typing into Google search. Um, and the questions that they're asking is the content and the answers they need. So this absolutely, this pretty much creates your you know, content plan for your blog, for your value-added content, for any pieces of content that you're pushing out online, because these are the questions they're asking. You know, so this is the content you should be answering, and it and it can be a, a very subtle way to be to be basically ensuring that you're front of mind, and then put a little bit of paid promotion behind those blog articles, and make sure you're retargeting the right types of demographics who might be asking those questions. Dan, yeah, I was just going to follow up and say that if you look at some of the stats around kind of brand index and how people are perceiving brands, 
actually on the whole that they're generally going up and people are perceiving brands that are being helpful and supportive in a very positive light and there's very few brands that are seeing negativity around this so it's not something to to worry about actually people are, are, are kind of responding to it and saying you know brands are being helpful so actually in the long run it's going to have benefits from a, a kind of a, a brand building point of view cool scott were you gonna you look like you were in chip in there earlier or has someone already said what you were gonna say it was a little bit it was it was sort of al's question that he put on round sort of retail clients i think ben picked up a lot i think we are seeing things begin to begin to get back to normal. I know we've got a, a client June from a footwear perspective and, and nobody's really buying heels and going out, but they've seen a massive sort of improvement in the last 12, the last seven days in terms of now people are back into it is what can they do to push that? They have gone into sale probably earlier than they would have done, but then they're pushing a lot of messages out through email to the current database and they really have pushed their PPC as well to try and get market share. So they were sitting even in that sort of depressed market at 11, 11 to 1 return on the PPC spend. And what they've done is bring that back down to what their main minimum profitable level is. Um, and they're still running at probably 5 to 1, but obviously grabbing a big chunk of that market this week. So I think in retail, I think where we're seeing that particularly is there is spend there. I think it's just being flexible with the ad budget and the channels you're using to make sure you can get as as much of that as you can. But even being able to grow revenue and grow ROI at this point just shows there is spend there. But I think it's it's not assuming just upping bids on what you did a month ago because that just won't work. Yeah. I want to come back to the pricing point as well because I think that's one of the areas we want to pick up on later, whether people go into sales or pricing and whatnot. But I think, Ben, you look like you, you were going to contribute to Al's question as well. Yeah, I think just to, to give you some insight into that, Al, I think that people's behaviours over the past two weeks have just shifted so dramatically. I mean, week one, everyone was in panic mode, you know, no one was really buying. And I think every e-commerce site, unless you're Asda or Sainsbury's, had, had just fallen off a cliff. Everyone was, you know, they were looking after themselves. They weren't, you know, thinking of, of buying retail products online. They, they just wanted, you know, the home essentials that they needed to make sure that them and their family were secure. But I think after the kind of panic died down a little bit I, over the, you know, everyone gets a bit hysterical over, over things like this. So after the first, you know, four or five days, we did start seeing uptown. As soon as kind of last weekend hit, everything just kind of went through the roof um, and everyone started to, while it's not complete normality, no, a little bit of normality did resume. And I think people are getting used to being stuck in their, in their rooms, you know, stuck in their, in the living rooms for, for endless hours and, you know, only being out of the house for maybe an hour a day or whatever it is. And sometimes people have the mentality that they, they need to treat themselves. So they do, they go online and everyone right now is, is kind of seems to be in sale, which is, is something that we'll address in a little bit. But yeah, I mean, kind of comparing the last seven days, to the seven previous have just been completely different altogether. We've seen complete upturns in, in revenue online. Um, I mean, some of, the, some of the examples that we've seen, you know, 20% uplift for the same spend, which is just, you know, incredible. It, it just kind of puts in a perspective this traffic is cheaper right now. So this is the, the prime time to go and get it. And if the demand is there, then maximize on that right now because while everyone else might be, you know, being a little bit timid and a little bit scared with a digital marketing approach, if that, that demand is there, go and take that demand because that is the way you're going to make money in this in this kind of period. Absolutely, absolutely. Apologies again. Just to reiterate Al's question, it was um have have any of the retail clients for MediaWorks noticed the change in sales in the last seven days based on the week prior to that? I'm conscious some people might just be listening and not got the QA. So again, I agree with everything Ben said and, and Scott. I think 
last week we saw a lot of clients kind of just sort of steady the ship. And I think to this week, it seems like it's people are getting back used to the new normal. And I think people are wanting to get things done. They want to move forwards again. And as Ben quite rightly said, in the last seven days, we've seen a, a huge uptick in, in, in actual people in that demand mindset. Whereas, you know, we felt like over the past couple of weeks, everyone had moved back up, you know, further up the funnel, maybe into more just consideration, awareness, you know, research stage. People seem to be getting back into that demand-led, you know, they want to get stuff done. They want to make purchases. They want to move on with their life now, I think. So I think we're getting into a more settled period. So it's definitely a time to be investing. Um, we've got another question from Paolo. Um, we've seen an increase in visitors. Is it still a good time to run a beat experiments? Um, and is it a good time to capture data and answer poll question surveys regarding your site? Rachel, do you want to pick that one up? Yes, yeah, so um, I actually think that this is probably a perfect time. So A-B tests are hard at the best of times because of, you know, limited traffic to your website and obviously getting them to convert is a lot harder. But right now is the key time where you are going to get a lot more generic um, users to your website and actually you could learn a lot from them. So although the key metric in your A-B test that you would usually measure against is conversions, that might not necessarily be the case anymore. You still want to know what they're doing. And obviously with this influx of traffic um, from people who don't usually use your website, they're the best to learn from. And I think that goes with the poll responses as well. So the people who are answering your polls are necessarily people who might never have used your website in the first place. And actually you'll learn a lot from them. And, you know, even though you can't measure it, like amazingly on the main call to action, I think it's still quite important to use this time with this uplift to start making them website changes and learning from the data that you're seeing in your analytics. Yeah, I think on that one, I think it's just about being very clever about the kind of tests that we're using as well. Paolo, you know, where we were currently looking around, you know, transactions or or where we've currently had our focus, maybe that's going to have to shift for the next, um, you know, 12 weeks. But as Rachel said, it's a fantastic opportunity to test a different kind of audience. I think is so just... It's about where you're doing your A-B tests, capitalise on the traffic is one thing. But I also think with polls, you know, we often used polls to understand if a, if a user had a problem on a website, could they find what they wanted? And I think let's kind of continue that mentality and challenge our content. If somebody's coming to an FAQ page around engineers and access to a property, they're going to they're gonna want a different kind of content now. So that's going to help fuel, you know, the kind of answers and questions you should have during a crisis. And I know you guys will have a a crisis plan this is pretty much quite a unique one one like no other so it's a good way to learn from that as well and, and challenge some of the stuff you've done previously definitely cheers guys um i think we've got another question here from adrian hogarth as soon as lockdown hit our business ground to a complete halt the showroom shut and dealers are unable to pdi and deliver vehicles the motor trade is effectively on hold but research inquiries are definitely increasing absolutely adrian so we we have quite a few clients in the automotive sector and I think, you know, very early on, we, we, you know, I think the industry before the lockdown was, 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 you know, had a few challenges around new cars and things like this and, and consumer demand. I think um, we, we saw that as well. And we started, you know, marketing heavily around, you know, service, uh, service repairs, you know, parts, things like that. People still have, you know, there's still millions and millions of vehicles on the road. So they're still going to need other services. So it's kind of like, how do you go big on those services and pair back your new car offers? but really push people around maintenance, you know, be really helpful with how to's, you know, things that people can be checking at home and, and doing the smaller tweaks, but also going heavy on, on your research articles. You're absolutely right. You know, best four by fours for families, best, you know, best um, small cars for the city, best 
best Michael Gallon, most efficient cars. These are the researchers people are going to be carrying out now to be to be doing that three month lead up to to make in the purchase when we get to the other side of this. And as Ben quite rightly said, people are going to be wanting to treat themselves. You know, they're going to have been locked in the house for three months. They're going to have built up a little bit of cash. Maybe that deposit of you know three k now is five k, or they can stretch a little bit bit more because they want to make that investment and and really you know treat themselves and their family. And a car would absolutely be, absolutely be a purchase. That. Andy, I think, do you want to add something to that? Yeah, I just think getting back to what Rachel was saying there, like in terms of the, the typical, the main goal in the male conversion, we have an, an increased level of traffic. So just double check, we've got micro conversions. So if we've got that awareness, we've got that user there, how can we kind of get much from that lead opportunity to make sure we can follow it up when we're in a position to do, to do that? So I think, you know, just reviewing your micro conversions, you know, uh, want to talk more call book an inquiry vehicle brochure down, downloads on you know vehicle specifications or brochures would be a good way to capture at least an email address to then you know engage with third line when we're in a better position to do so yeah, yeah. i think we lost you a little bit there andy the signal just dropped out a bit and you became a bit of a robot for a few seconds but i think what you were saying was around micro conversions looking at we've got clients in automotive that you know vd you know vehicle display pages value my vehicle searches you know, amount of time on site, number of pages they click through and the amount of content they, content they consume, put them in an effective visitor bucket that you might want to retarget to with a particular um, section. I think then we could almost classify people in audiences by brand and certain pages that they engage with. If someone spends a lot of time in the Audi section, we could remarket them with Audi ads in, in the coming months. Is that right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's all done based on URL and interaction on site and, and Rach might be able to add some more value in here. But, you know, I think that the point of micro conversions is is critical. You know, it's something that we have a look at quite a lot, you know, not optimizing towards micro conversions because the end goal will always be the end goal. But when we're going through a period like this, when the end goal is virtually non-existent, then you need to have something to fall back on. And whether that is, you know, a value my vehicle or a PDF download or whatever it is, a brochure, all these kind of things are really valuable for your business right now to ensure that you kind of maximise the end goal after this is all kind of back to normality. Yeah, so I think there's two things really. So the first thing is kind of like in terms of the vehicles, you know, if you're on PCP or higher purchase or leasing, you, if you're if that's due to run out, you're going to have to change your car. So there's always still going to be some interest there. So I think the automotive trade have to keep going. Um, but like Ben was saying, you know, these micro conversions are really super important because there might be a case where they can't physically do anything now. Like this person would like to test drive your car, but they physically can't right now. And that's a problem. But that doesn't maybe stop them from wanting to watch the video tours of the cars or a 360 of the car or that sort of thing. So really it's just the shift in what they can do on the website is going to change slightly. And that's where your micro conversions really do come into play. Um, and that's why they're important. And, you know, they probably don't get shouted about as much as your normal goal tracking would. Yeah, absolutely, Rachel. No, 100%. I mean, that kind of takes us into our second point, which is 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 more probably for the retailers and, and more kind of B2C people um, or businesses who are online now. But what we were looking at is what 
and a question I've got to the kind of panel is what is the impact of the sort of logistical and warehousing delays and disruptions that we're reading about all the time? You know, we're hearing that Next closed their online store, Shoes closed their online store. People who are having problems because either workers can't can't work within a certain um, sort of distance of each other, or then they're having logistical issues with theirs, and they're effectively just switching the the checkout off. They're just switching the the e-commerce function off the website. Um, is that the right thing to do? Or alternatively, you know, are we recommending that people should continue to make those sales, continue to take the demand, but then communicate in advance and then post? Um, conversion with customers to say, look, we are having delivery issues, but we will try best endeavors and we will get that product there as soon as we can and continue to make sales. What What's the right way to go? And I, I hear people like Amazon have got almost 30-day delays on, on, on prime deliveries at the moment. Should people be as alarmed about this as, as, they, as they might be? Because if it's hurting the big guys, you know, do people are people cutting retailers a bit of slack, so to speak, at the moment? I don't know, Paul, do you want to pick that one up? Um, yeah, well, I think I think um, you know you, you look at you look across the piece and uh, uh, you'll see that the big guys pulling their stuff, and at the same time you'll see smaller e-commerce or more niche e-commerce just making sure that they've got very clear communications as you go into the website or through the checkout that you might anticipate along with a normal delay. I think um, the way that those uh, those platforms and those retailers are doing it um, speaks volumes. So they might explain that they've had to cut the number of staff just for safety reasons in the warehouse. So it's kind of making them look good. It's making their brand look good. And I do think that, you know, consumer perceptions of what normal is, uh, is shifting very quickly at the moment. And if you get used to the fact that Amazon, you, you might have to wait a minimum of a week for a non-essential purchase then you're certainly not going to be too concerned from, from someone else. So I think, uh, yeah, it's, it's being conscious that the that, that kind of service level that consumers are expecting is shifting, and uh, let's not be scared of that. I mean, uh, you know, and to be fair to Amazon, they're, they're explaining this by saying that they're prioritising these essential uh, deliveries, which is um, also good for them. So, um, and I think, I think the, the other part of it, as we were talking about earlier, is that then... It is providing opportunities for need more niche players to emerge, and it might be local suppliers supplying, you know, the same products and services, but they're but they're coming locally. That, I mean, some of them are even switching to old-fashioned delivery, and we're seeing a, uh, you know, uh, boys on bikes and uh, you know a return to the Victorian era, you know. But um, but it's all good. I mean, it's um, it, it's driving commerce at a time when 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 we really need it, consumers need it, and, and businesses need it too. Absolutely, absolutely. I think, Scott, we had a chat the other day, didn't we, where you made a personal purchase and you had to get to page five of Google before you found somebody who had it in stock. So is this an opportunity for people to just shout about what they have got and how quickly they can deliver this and support their users? Yeah. I think if you're holding stock at the moment in any of those as a, as a retailer, sort of keeping in that one, then you're in a good place. I think people are rather than having to be one, two, or three on page one to get that traffic now, you're you're going through all the big retailers and they can't deliver or you you can't get on the site. Boots, the other day, was queuing you for an hour and a half to get on the website. So I think trying to find even essential stuff like food or your bread maker, Ben, I bet you didn't buy that off page one. <laughs> um, like th- There is stock out there, but what we're not seeing is, I think a lot of the local businesses are doing stuff within social around the local area. Um, what we're not seeing is those mid-market players really going after 
paid or shopping and trying to clear that stock and making it easy for people to buy. I think what you're having to do is visit 25 to 30 websites to find somebody that's got stock. I think if those retailers were then pushing it through shopping and ads, um, it would make it much easier for people to find and buy. Um, but people definitely aren't browsing in the same way. They're prepared to search through pages of stuff for fairy powder, I think mine was. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I think that's another quick win for people. If you are holding stock that you do think people are going to be keen uh, to acquire, you know, set up a Google uh, a Google shopping feed, set up a Bing shopping feed, you know, put, pump that through Amazon, eBay. There's all these marketplaces where people, where they've got the eyeballs, they're looking for the products. So all of this stuff can be achieved very quickly and effectively. And, and like Scott says, I think there was only three people on Google shopping with fairy powder, but he had to go to page five to find an actual organic listing who had some. As one with hair clippers. <laughs> so yeah, if anyone has any stock of hair clippers, definitely set up a shopping feed immediately. Um, I think just to add to that as well, like I think this really is a very key time for the sort of littler businesses to be able to compete with some of the bigger um, retailers because, you know, they've got, there's less of them. So they've got less hoops to jump through. You know, it's easier for them to get it out the door. But I think really just like... Um, utilizing your comms on emails on social media to just kind of I think people are understanding that there's delays now as well and to be honest they're just grateful we can get deliveries as opposed to you know wanting them next day um so I think people are more inclined to go with the the smaller niche um sort of companies and offerings if you know as long as it's sort of communicated what what they're what they're to be expecting really I think we'll stop in a different way I think moving forward, I've got lots of people we've had to buy from on this because I haven't been able to go to Sainsbury's and actually different supermarkets, smaller retailers will probably continue to get meat delivered online, veg delivered and stuff like that just for ease yeah. um, and quality in some cases. So I think if you are one of those retailers, which is in that tier we were, we were talking about, is how do you get the people first? But how are you going to keep them when it comes forward and they don't just go back to buying from Sainsbury's or or from anyone else going back to Amazon. I think that's a key one is to how do you have remarketing tags on your website to keep those people front of mind? Are you getting them signed up for email and social that you don't just get them for the next two weeks as it all goes? Once once people get out and about, is how do you keep them with you? They haven't just bought once and go. Yeah, I think I think that kind of sort of brings us quite nicely into the, the final point, which 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 we had sort of to steer the conversation was was around pricing versus promotion. So we mentioned that earlier, a lot of people have went into sale mode. A lot of people have brought forward those sales that they, they traditionally have probably later in, in or into the summer. Um, you know, we're talking about this kind of Black Friday, sort of Cyber Monday uptick, rebound boom that we think is going to happen in Q3, you know, versus traditionally purely in Q4. Um, what does that say to, to people's audiences? Because you know, there's a there's a there's a concern and there's an argument here about if you do produce massive discounts and promotions, does that upset certain audience and users? Because it it shows that actually you've got all this margin in a product versus potentially having a more reasonable pricing and running a campaign. Things that spring to mind like the last the, the Great Recession two thousand eight, Walmart ran a everyday low prices campaign. They brought across a lot of traffic, a lot of loyal customers during that, that recession period who then stayed with Walmart out of that recession and have now become lifetime customers of Walmart. So how do you price your products effectively versus just continuing to run crazy red tag sales um, to kind of get that loyal customer base that appreciate you're valuably priced, reasonably priced, 
and they'll stick with you throughout the back of this? I think one thing to kind of touch on here is I think it depends on the industry that you're in. Um, I mean, for example, last week there was a from a huge online UK based retailer, there was a, a massive boycott campaign on social media for the way that they'd kind of ran their, their online sales and it, it blew up pretty badly for them. Um, I'll not name who they are, but you, you'll be able to find out if you look. So yeah, they, all they did, and I, I was one of these people, they, they kind of just shoved a sale in like down your throat every day. There was a new discount code. There was something brand new every single day without fail. And they're not an essential product. You wouldn't need to buy that to, to live. And I think during a, a period where people were a bit on edge and they're looking at, you know, groceries and all this kind of stuff, that's what they're really focusing on. That was a huge deterrent for a lot of people. And they were kind of saying, you know, why, why are you giving us this message right now? Why, you know, this is great. The offer is brilliant, but this isn't what I need right now. I need something else. So I felt like it was a, a, a bit of a ploy to try and make as much money as they possibly could. Um I mean, I certainly felt like that, you know, and I think a lot of other people did as well. So I think the messaging, depending on your niche, is really key here. I mean, I think everyone is probably in sale right now. You know, retail, a lot of people are in sale because they're expecting this huge downturn. And that's not necessarily the worst thing in the world because, you know, you want to be there to to have demand. And while people are, are a bit more, you know, sensitive about the finances right now, you know, are they going to pay full price for a product? You know, that's a that's an open debate. You know, people could do, people depend on what the, the product is itself. But I think it, it does depend on what market you're in. Um, I'm not sure if any of the other guys have got any thoughts on that. Yeah, I think when we were when we were talking about this earlier, um, you know, I've, I'd come across one. You can, you can see in the background of my uh, webcam that I'm obviously into all my music. And um, it's really interesting. So uh, a load of people stuck at home. All the music software, music technology, musical instrument companies are have, 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 have all launched um, sales at the moment. And, you know, there's some seriously good discounts. Some of them have been giving free product out. And these are big global companies, um, you know, with, with millions of customers. Um, and it's not that crazy if you if you're in a market like software that I, I bought something that normally retails at $1,000 for $180 yesterday. Um, but they'll get me again in six months' time when I need to upgrade. So they've now got a customer for life through through going through this. And I think that that same logic, going back to what we were talking about before and things like local services and subscription services, get people in now um, and and get them loving your products and loving your brand. And uh, you've got you've got a, a, a bigger customer base to build out from coming out of this. So I know my my example is niche, and it may work well in niches at the moment. But there's a logic to um, to, to, to running promotions uh, at the moment. Yeah, and I think from looking at analytics, we can see that this works. So before we kind of touched on some of our retail clients seeing a big growth in revenue um, over the last week. So kind of for them, revenue and transactions had increased, whereas conversion rate and average order value had decreased because they've put their sale on. So if it works for you and you know it's going to keep your business ticking along, then it is something to consider. But like Ben said, you probably just have to be careful how you communicate that messaging and almost not be too forceful when when pushing that your products are on sale. But at the same time, as long as you're being competitive, you know, it's kind of it is that very competitive nature right now. Yeah, I think it, it's yeah. I think what we're saying there is absolutely right, guys. It's it's market dependent. It's product specific, so it's it, it has to be tailored depending on on your audience. Also, um, I think we've got one more question here that um, which has come in, which um, yeah has also just disappeared. So um, I believe um, Rachel, I don't know if you've uh, if you've still got that question there. 
Yeah, so it was about a charity trying to maximise digital opportunities right now. And they were asking what the best platform is for um, e-commerce. And I know Andy has just replied as well. But in terms of a tracking perspective, we would definitely recommend the WooCommerce platform. It integrates really easily with analytics. So you can see exactly how it, like how you're performing very fast. And obviously, then if you're doing ads off the back of it, it's very easy to see what you're making from it. And from a um, digital, like from a development perspective as well, um, we also opted it, opt for it as our chosen provider. I think a lot of it, it depends on, you know, if you've currently got a WordPress CMS, then, you know, absolutely WooCommerce is the right way to go. You know, it's quite easy to, to build on top of your existing platform, utilize existing style sheets and brand look and feel. So I think in terms of pace to get that thing up and running, I think it's definitely the the right solution there's also it's quite easy to integrate with things like amazon ebay different marketplaces that you might want to use as kind of um ways to to distribute your product and i think with, with spotify it, it, it is it is a good platform don't get us wrong it, it, it's widely used it does come with some some costs to use that as well and i think you know in current climate when we're looking to keep as much revenue as we can and drive new revenue i think to try and avoid that where possible is the is the best place to go but i did put a response in there because i was worried we weren't going to get to it and if you've got any other questions just let me know on that one and we can, we can have a chat about that absolutely i think i think i mean guys i think that brings us it's it's that's us at our time now um in summary i think um you know first point we made around um markets and and, and businesses that are seeing an uptick this you know there is absolutely opportunities out there for you to take advantage of you know, Facebook, Google Ads, you're seeing cost per clicks, probably 50% of, of the value of what they were. So you can be, your, your, your spend can be going twice as far to buy you twice the traffic. I think that's an opportunity you have to be looking at if you're in one of these sectors that fortunately is seeing a surge in demand. I think things around logistics and delivery situations, as, as Paul mentioned, customers, users, they appreciate the world that we're living in right now. And I think, you know, they will cut you a bit of slack if delivery times and, and, and you know, response rates and things start to drop out a bit. And we're seeing that across the big boys, the likes of Amazon. So I think they've got to be expecting that within independent and smaller retailers. So just communicate early, communicate often, send a note to all of your clients, let them know you're still open for business, but that you're doing your best and that there might be some challenges with delivery, but you're going to do best endeavors to get it there. Um, and then I suppose finally, you know, discounts versus low prices, you know, it's very product specific, it's very market specific, but, you know, just ensure you're offering your clients the best value you possibly can. And if you're going to run a promotion, make sure it's a sincere one and there isn't any hidden agenda there that, you know, potentially people can, can, can look through and see that you're trying to take advantage of the situation. That's absolutely not what what we'd encourage at all and, and not what you want to be doing if you want to build a loyal customer base. Um, I think that's us. Thank you very much to all the panellists. Thank you very much to all the participants and attendees who joined us today. We're going to be back on Thursday at 11.30. So, yeah, stay safe, enjoy, and, um, yeah, we'll see you then. Cheers, everyone.